Mornings. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Dr. Leslie Quick. Thank you so much for joining me today on Quick Health Concepts, Episode 11. Thank you so much for joining. I am excited. Today is a beautiful day. It is freezing outside, but it is beautiful, so I will take it. I am a happy camper today. I hope everybody is as happy as I am. Today, I'm excited because it's always nice. A lot of times when I come in here, I'm sitting here talking to the microphone by myself. So I'm really happy today to have my guest and good friend, Dr. Winnie Wong. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Wong. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. I'm so excited. Thank you, my dear. So um, I'm really happy to have her today because what we're going to talk about today is we're basically going to be doing a two to three part podcast episode and Dr. Wong's going to join me for this episode and the following episode and we're really going to talk about weight, weight loss. Uh, today we're going to focus a lot more on lifestyle, mindfulness, implications and modifications in lifestyle. And then in the next episode, we'll be talking more about the current trends in medication, what's, what is the latest science in medications, also what she sees in her Medispa office. So let's kind of dive right into that, okay? So that'll be next time, but this time it's really more about lifestyle. So a little bit about Dr. Wong. Uh, She graduated from the Accelerated Medical School program at Boston University, and she conducted her family practice residency at Tufts. And then she opened her primary care and Medispa practice, Caring for All, in 2006. So again, really excited to have her here because it's awesome to have uh, somebody with expertise in the area. You see this every day with your patients. And so I'm really happy to have you here to give me kind of your your take and expertise in this area. So again, thank you. So Dr. Wong, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Tell the listeners about yourself and your practice. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Dr. Leslie, for having me. Um, I have to say this is my first podcast ever. So this is super exciting. Hopefully you guys will have me back. So please give us some um, insight onto how you think the um, podcast went or if you want more topics from me. So yes, I'm a family physician and I see all ages, we say from the womb to the tomb. I have families, including the quick family, Mm -hmm. um, both sexes. Um, I pretty much do everything. Um, Interestingly enough, I spend a lot of my time talking to people about nutrition and activity, especially after the pandemic, during the pandemic. Um, So we talk a lot about lifestyle changes. Um, I also do... Um, have a Medispa, as Dr. Quick um, had said, where we have different devices that can help people with body contouring. But I always go back to the basics. Um, There's no magic pill, no magic machine. You really have to, um, you know, have really good changes in your lifestyle, um, changes that are going to be something that you can implement the rest of your life. So... Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, you and I both together, I mean, you're from the the medical aspect. I'm more from the holistic as far as, but we, you are very holistic generally. What I love about Dr. Wong is she really marries the two together very well, which sometimes I feel that a lot of um, 
sometimes medicine can go in one direction or the other. You do a wonderful job, and that's why you're you a. We've been friends for a long time, but also the fact that I've chosen you as my primary care physician because of the fact that you do a wonderful job of giving so much information on both sides, nutritionally, um, you know, things that are not just I'm going to throw out the you know the the latest and greatest prescription, but also things that you can do on your own to help yourself and and whatever whatever issues you might be having. So that is, I find, so important. And I think a lot of people nowadays do as well. They want to know, okay, besides just this, you know, medication, what else should I be doing? And you do an excellent job of doing that. So thank you. And again, I'm really thrilled to have you here. So talk to me a little bit about kind of what you see, you know, um, in your office. And, And I just want to kind of give you one of the things that I one of the things I looked up that was I found, I guess I shouldn't say surprising, uh, but just to kind of give you a statistic. In 2021, the weight loss market was $254.9 billion in 2021. And that is expected to go up to $377.3 billion by 2026. So that obviously, if, if you weren't aware before, that tells you that there is a real problem out there in the United States as far as weight concerns, obesity, et cetera. So tell me a little bit more about what you see in your office. Well, Leslie, that's uh, that's really quite concerning what you just said. I have to say, um, you know, with the pandemic, we came up with this new slogan, slogan sitting is the new smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every day, day in and day out, I do a, a lot of counseling Um Sadly, people have excuses as to why they're not moving. You know, the pandemic, they're afraid to go out. They don't want to go to the gym. It's too cold outside. Um, America really has to get moving a lot more. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be going to the gym five days a week. Um, you know, just starting to move is super important. The American College of um, Association says that you should um, have at least 150 minutes of activity a week. I mean, that's not that much. That's maybe 30 minutes, five times a week. Um, that could be going out for, a, you know, a walk for 30 minutes. Um, so I really think that people have to start moving. And, um, you know, with people working from home on their Zoom meetings, there are, t- you know, less steps going to the water bubbler or like, you know, less steps um, they would use to commute and then walk from their car to their office. And now a lot of people are sitting at home in front of their computers and they're also maybe snacking a little bit more. So I, I, I'm not surprised that that um, that price has gone up. Not to mention the fact that just kind of as you were talking, I just was thinking about, you know, it's one of the things I even say to, to my patients in my office is, you know, how often are you, how much time do you spend looking at your text messages and, and your social media and your on your phone? Use that time to walk. You know, those are little things, little tiny things like you were saying, just to move are really important. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I hear it time and time again, you know, ever since I, you know, before I used to walk in the office. Well, I used to have to walk a half a mile to work and I used to go down the hall. I used to go here. I mean, people don't think of this as people think a lot of times, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's all or nothing. You're either at the gym working out like crazy or you're basically 
or nothing at all, you know? Right. No, it definitely all adds up. So um, some tips that I've given to my patients um, during the pandemic are maybe get a standing desk, which I know you have, Mm -hmm. which is great. You can also, if you think you're coordinated enough, get a little treadmill under your desk. Or um, I tell patients to set a little alarm, like every hour, get up and walk you know, for like five minutes, do something, you know, you people are sitting at their computers for three hours at a time. Um, so these are some tips uh, with getting moving and or, you know, get it over with at the beginning of their morning, maybe 15 minute walk before they sit down in front of their computer. And then at lunch, people are telling me they're eating lunch in front of their computers trying to do work, maybe another 15 minute walk there. And then you got your 30 minutes for the day. And I and I also think, you know, and it was funny because as we were, as I was thinking about our podcast today, it made me think more about, uh, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend the other day who might be getting another job. And she was saying, you know, I, I, I'm getting, you know, hopefully getting four weeks of vacation this year. And one of the things that really always sticks in my mind is, is actually how little vacation people have. And when I say vacation, I mean, it's just another aspect of it, I'm going with, you know, it's just another area in which Americans overwork and we don't do enough for ourselves, whereas other countries, they have a tendency to take that time out for themselves and they're healthier for it. No, absolutely. It's not even the vacations that they take. It's their daily life. Right. I mean, they're just walking more and eating more smaller frequent meals, which we'll get into next, but um, absolutely just um, changing your mindset. So one of the things I talk to my patients about is SMART goals. Um, They use this a lot in business, um, S-M-A-R-T. So S is for specific, M is for measurable, A is attainable, um, R is, oh, I can't remember now. Um, (laughs) I'll have to get back to that one. T is timely. So specific. So people always say, oh, I'm going to exercise more. So that you have to be really specific. What does that mean? Is it going to be two days a week, three days a week? Um, We're not just going to say we're going to exercise more. Measurable. So how are you going to measure that? Are you going to write it on your calendar? Um, And are you going to set an alarm? It has to be important like you have an appointment. This is an appointment you have with yourself. You're going to keep your doctor's appointment. So your exercise and health is just as important. So I tell people, you can't just say to yourself, oh, I'm going to walk three times this week. You need to make it a point to put it on your calendar. So an alarm goes off and it's time for you to go exercise and you have to keep that appointment. Um, um, A is attainable. So, you know, definitely something that is something that you can do. So for example, people say, well, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. And I said, well, is that really realistic? You know, so not necessarily. So if you say three to four times a week, that's definitely something that you're going to be able to hold to. Right. Um, And then timely means like, you know, you're going to give yourself time to get there. R is relevant. Yes, relevant. Um, So, you know, what is the relevance of activity? You want to not only lose weight. Um, but feel healthier. I mean, there's so many added benefits. You're going to have more energy. You're going to sleep better at night. So there's just a lot more added benefits. So again, when we're talking about lifestyle changes, I always go back to the SMART goals to hold people accountable. So again, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. So that comes to food intake as well. So um, we can talk about that when we get to food. Okay. Um, 
talking about, you know, one of the things that and it's uh, amazing to me, and I think sometimes people just don't think of the basics. So when we're talking about food, right, what I always tell my patients who are dieting, let's say, or trying to lose weight, one of the things I talk about is I say, you know, you got to remember what you take in. If you want to maintain weight, let's say, what you take in has to equal what you put out. If you're taking in too many calories and you're not putting that out, your body's going to store that. Right. And and that goes that and that's part of the exercise, but it's also part of that food piece as well. So I think those are really great what you just mentioned that SMART is a perfect acronym to, you know, easily saying, I don't want to say easily, but, you know, getting a step to say, okay, this is what I should do and this is how I'm going to do it because a lot of people just say I'm going to exercise and that's it. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And, and they don't really put the two together that and, and have that kind of, you know, setting goals is really important. Absolutely important. What are you trying to do with that? So I, I love that SMART acronym, acronym. I've never actually heard it before. So I, oh, And Dr. Awesome. Leslie went to, um, where'd you go for um, business school? Bentley. They didn't teach Bentley you that University. in Bentley. You know what? That was 30-some-odd years yeah. ago. I'm not aging myself at all, whatever, but okay. uh, who knows? I don't know if we had that smart education. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my education there, but I don't remember that. It's so long ago. But thank you for asking me and aging me. <laughs> well, first of all, um, also, Dr. Leslie, I don't really like using the word diet with my patients. I like to use the word you know, lifestyle changes mm-hmm. because diet, to me, implicates that it's going to be a temporary thing. We really want um, our patients to choose things that they're going to be able to sustain, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about SMART goals with your food intake. Um, so yeah, a lot of exactly like you said, patients say they want to lose weight. And I'm like, well, how are you going to lose weight? Do you know how many calories you take in? So how are you even going to measure that, how many calories, less calories you're going to intake if you don't know how many you're taking in, right? So did you know that you have to take in 500 less calories a day, um, so that's 3,500 calories a week, to lose one pound a week? So um, I tell my patients, you know, why don't we try this exercise, start tracking your calories. I really like my fitness pal a lot. Um, or you can, if you're not a tech person, you can just get a notebook and write down every single thing that you put in your mouth for the next two weeks. That includes liquids, which includes alcohol, candy, snacks, in addition to your foods. Um, so, you know, we have to have a starting point. Um, so and then they come back in after a couple of weeks. We look because we have to know what their starting point is. So if they're taking, let's say, 3000 calories a day, then we can see where do you want to cut out that 500 calories a day? Are you going to give up a glass of wine here and there? Are you going to give up that cheese? Um, because, you know, you can't just say, well, I'm going to lose weight unless you know what you're doing right now. Yes. And can I tell you how many times people will say, well, I can't get rid of my wine. Well, then you're not most likely unless you're going to have to cut out somewhere else. Right. You got to right. if you're not going to get rid of that. You, where are you going to cut out to make that to make that differential? Right. Absolutely. And I find because I make myself do this exercise once in a while when I find that I need to reel things in. I don't want to write it down. So then I don't eat it because I don't want to have to look at it later that it added to uh, my calories for the day. So, you know. 
You don't want. You don't want that, right? You want. You don't want to have to worry. <laughs> that's keeping you accountable, Doctor Wong. Is keeping us all accountable. But yeah, absolutely. There's so many great, and I, I, I love that app. Actually, it's a great app. Um, when we have people who are, uh, there are many good apps out there, but that is a really nice one because you. That is a free app, and then I believe you can pay for the extras that you get on it. But I absolutely, I like that one as well. Yeah, I've been perfectly happy with the free app, um, and you can input your exercise and your daily water intake. And the great thing about it is the newer edition has barcodes. So like you don't have to figure out the calories and everything. You just scan the barcode of your foods in your refrigerator and it includes a lot of the restaurants. So let's say you want to go to the 99 restaurant and you want to make a smarter choice. Um, You can just put in what you're eating and it'll categorize it based on protein, calorie, um, carbohydrate intake. It's really awesome. And it saves your favorites. So if you tend to eat the same foods every day, it's already there so it's it's not it makes it super easy to track your food it's it's not difficult and full disclosure my fitness app has had no (laughs) no 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 but i do tell a lot my that's right i tell a lot my patients to use it that's wonderful so okay so then another question for you then is is what are some other things you tell your patients as far as okay so i love the fact that you have that the smart goals and then we talk about things that are helpful for you, like apps. What are the things that are helpful for you? I know we talked about mindfulness and eating in general. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it's interesting because, like you said at the beginning, everyone wants to come in and they say, Dr. Wong, what's the newest pill or newest medication? I want, like, a fast cure. And we, I won't even talk about that with them until we talk about what they're doing in their daily lives. I mean, we can really break it down into some simple things that we might be missing. So let's talk, for example, about sleep. So a lot of times I'll say to my patients, so how many hours of sleep are you getting? And they kind of look at me with a surprised look. Why are you asking me that? Um, it's important. Sleep is super important, not only for your overall health, but definitely if you want to lose weight. We, um, I'm still kind of... Um, you know, <laughs> suffering from daylight savings time. I don't know about you. <laughs> that one hour really. <laughs> that takes know. me weeks. Yeah. So I'm still getting there. But so they say, Dr. Wong, why is sleep so important? Well, sleep is really important, um, not only for your body to get rest, but if you don't get enough sleep, did you know that your cortisol level spikes up and it makes your body hold on to fat? Um, that's the scientific um, reason behind it. And the other scientific reason is also makes you your insulin not work as well, so it increases your risk of being diabetic. But let's face it, not just for these, um, you know, medical terms, um, but you know, when you don't get enough sleep, who really wants to have like uh, a grapefruit for breakfast? You want that bacon, something heavy, you know, comfort food. You're going to reach for something that's going to make you feel good because you're already tired. You're going to make not so what I call smart choices, and you're going to be less tired and not want to be as active. So sleep is really important. Absolutely. I mean, and and last thing I want to do if I'm overtired, A, is you're you're just not on your A game if you're exhausted, right? You're not on your A game. Last thing I want to do when I'm tired is exercise. Right. Right. But then it becomes a vicious cycle. Right. Because exercise helps wake you up. And so it, and and to the fact what you were talking about, to your point from before, that exercise is an important part of it. So many people, I mean, I can't tell you how many people tell me they get, on average, five and six hours sleep a night. Full disclosure, I sleep eight hours a night. Me too. Yeah. And if I don't sleep eight hours a night, my husband knows it. Yep. <laughs> and everybody around me knows it as well. I could 
probably get through one night of it, but then after that, forget it. I am I, sleep is my caffeine. Yeah. I don't drink coffee, so sleep is my caffeine. And then to your point, we were saying before too, as well. You know, if you are exhausted, then you're more likely to turn to more, um, you know, more caffeine, things like that. We're already have an addiction to caffeine as it is, and then you're more likely to say, I really, I, I need that extra cup of coffee, or I need that extra. God forbid, you know, Red Bull or something to that effect to, to wake you up. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, then it makes you not make so smart, such smart choices in your food um, choices. Um, so that's one of the questions I talk about. And again, people are always like surprised when I talk about sleep. And then another question that um, always kind of intrigues my patients, I say, are you a fast eater? And if you eat with your spouse, do you finish first? So let's see. Do you finish first before Dr. Mark? I, it, it depends. It, it depends. But but I, I will say I learned a long time ago a, a, a trick that helps me when I'm – but, again, that goes into what we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, I You know, I remember years ago being told, you know, chew your food, put your fork down. Yeah. And so I try to do that, but I, I would be lying if I said I always did that. So um, so what I talked – that brings us to mindful eating, which is why I do talk to my patients a lot about. So you might be wondering, what is mindful eating? So mindful eating is being really focused on your food, and the reason for this is it takes time for your stomach to communicate to your brain when you're full. So if you really pay attention to your food, you might end up eating less, but also you're really going to enjoy the food that you eat. So nowadays, we all sit in front of the TV or computers, we have our phones, and we're just shoveling well, maybe not shoveling, but eating our food and not really think about it. We're hungry and we eat, and we don't really know how much we're eating. Um, so there was a doctor who did experiments on mindful eating. Um, one of the experiments he did was he gave college students, because, you know, college students will be up for anything that's free. Um, he invited them to see a movie, and he gave them different size popcorns, small, medium, large. It didn't matter what size. They all finished their popcorn. Um, we just have this mindset that we have to continuously, we have to finish what's in front of us. Um, he also did this experiment with a um, magic soup bowl. Um, the soup bowl would keep filling up from the bottom, and the um, people who are drinking the soup would just keep drinking it. I mean, you know, again, we just don't even think about it. So mindful eating is really taking the time to be in tune with our food, what it's providing for us in terms of even enjoyment of the taste, the texture, um, and then we can really actually end up eating less food and enjoy it more. So some tricks to mindful eating to slowing your eating down, start with the bite. So did you know that one bite is supposed to be the tip of your pinky? That's pretty small. That is small. I don't think a lot of people do that. No. (laughs) And did you know that you're supposed to chew each bite 10 to 15 times? Now, the reason for that is that the chewing process starts in your mouth the saliva in your mouth starts breaking down the food so that you can digest it more easily. We really aren't designed to just swallow whole chunks of food and have it go into our stomach and have our stomach do the entire job. really starts in your mouth. So people need to chew their food 10 to 15 times so that they'll get less stomach aches, less heartburn, um, and really break down the food properly. So those are a couple of interesting statistics that people are always surprised about. 
And as Leslie was saying, she put, you know, she tries to put her fork down. That's a great trick. Some other tricks for mindful eating or maybe taking a sip of water in between your bites. Um, eating with chopsticks, although that's not fair for me because I've grew up You're eating too with good chopsticks. At it. So, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> or you could try switching to the other hand oh. or, um, you know, enjoying good old fashioned conversation with your friend that you're having the meal with. Um, put down your phone, have no electronics, and just go back to the days where you know you, if you want, you could even have a nice candlelight dinner, enjoy the conversation of your loved one. Um, so these are some tips for mindful eating, and you'll be surprised you're going to enjoy your food more. You're going to feel full with less calories. That's definitely something that we do in our house, Is and, and, not, and I don't do it necessarily thinking about being mindful, but that is something that we've always said is no, we don't do electronics. There's no TV on. Actually, I love to put a little jazz on for dinner. And then we try to sit, you know, it doesn't happen every time because you, when you have kids nowadays, there's things going, there are things going on, but, uh, you know, but I do find that it helps, you know, if somebody takes out the phone, oh, put that phone away because it really, to your point, what you're saying about mindful eating, you know, if you're looking at your phone, um, and Dr. Mark, I'm talking to you because sometimes you do this and I Ouch. have to, yes, I have to remind him that not to put in his, you know, players for the next NBA game. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we do is, is we say put the phone down because if you are, you're looking at your phone, you're not paying attention or you're eating. It's just it, absolutely mindless eating, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're not paying attention to the calories that you're putting into your mouth. Right. So. Right. Absolutely. So I actually used to run a nutrition class, and um, we would have everyone um, take a. We would turn off the lights actually, and have everyone take a bite of their food and chew it, and really focus on the texture, the taste, and really get back to enjoying food. And um, that was a really interesting exercise. I'm sure it was. Did you now? Did did your. Um when you had the people in the class, what did they did they discover new things about that as they were going through that exercise? Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of them said, you know, they completely forgot what things like tasted like and like the texture of things. It's it's crazy. Um, we just get into this um, mindset of, oh, we're hungry. We need to nourish our bodies. And, you know, it's it's not enjoyable. Um, I have to say I'm the slowest eater on the planet and I love my food. I enjoy it. Yes, I know you love your food, but you always stay very healthy and fit. And, and I think that's part of the reason we, you know, we've, I, I'm, again, Dr. Wong's a good friend of mine. I've had the pleasure of having multiple dinners with you, my dear. And um, yes, you are, you are a slow eater. And I always try to make sure that I am trying to go as slowly <laughs> as you do. <laughs> well, that would be hard to do. It's hard, but I, I try. I try my best, I promise, so that we can enjoy more conversation. Yes, yes, absolutely. And have mindful eating. Are there any other lifestyle tips that you recommend to your patients? Anything to add? I always think it's um, helpful when you have a partner that you can do this with. Um, so, and, and getting to that, it's it's interesting Um you know, everyone has these different fad diets like, oh, I'm doing the keto, mm -hmm. I'm doing the Atkins diet. And, you know, one one person in the household might be doing the keto and another is doing, uh, I don't know, intermittent fasting. Um, 
I really, I mean, and tell me what you think, Dr. Leslie, but I don't think any of these are really sustainable necessarily. Um, I mean, a lot of people get excited because their friend lost, you know, 20 pounds on one of their diets and then they want to try and they start losing the weight, but it's uh, really not sustainable over the long term. Um, so, you know, again, you want to make some smart choices. Um, one of the rules, um, or I guess, you know, just getting back to the basics. So I'll tell you a story. I had a patient um, who came in and I said, oh, why are you here? And they said, well, I went to this other doctor and my blood sugar was 400. I said, 400. And I was like, wow, that's like super high. Like, oh my God, are we going to have to start you on insulin? Like whatever. So, you know, I said, well, let's get back to the basics. I go, let's go through your daily nutritional intake. So I said, you know, what's your water intake? He's like, oh, I hate water. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what do you drink? And he's like, I drink pineapple juice. And I said, oh, pineapple juice. I I go, that has a lot of sugar. And he says, well, that's natural sugar, so it's fine. I said, "Um, it's still sugar sugar, and it's not just sugar. It's a lot of sugar. And he was drinking a lot of pineapple juice every day. So um, I gave him continuous glucose monitor to track his sugars, had him stop pineapple juice. That's all we did. And his blood sugars dropped in half to like 200. Um, so what I'm trying to get at is not necessarily that I need people to really read labels meticulously, but just be a little more mindful of things that are obvious, like your sugar and carbohydrate intake. So one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Wayne Altman, who is actually from Woburn, came up with the Altman rule. It's pretty simple. Um, basically you want to make sure that whatever you eat has, um, at least three grams of fiber because it's going to like keep you full. So you want to add the fiber and protein and that has to be more than the sugar. So the idea is when you have more fiber and protein, you're going to keep your sugar levels more even keeled. You're not going to get these spikes where you get hangry. Um, and so that's going to keep you fuller longer and you'll find that you eat less. Um, so one of I, I challenge you guys, um, look in your pantry. One of the examples I like to use is um, Kellogg's Raisin Bran. So Kellogg's Raisin Bran sounds pretty healthy, has raisins, has bran. If you look at it, though, it has about 14 grams of sugar. So that's a lot in itself. But then if you look at the fiber and protein content, it's probably three grams. So you're basically just eating a lot of sugar. You can actually, if you, because kind of a lot of people will tell me, you know, I have a a little oatmeal with Mm. a glass of orange juice in the morning and my cup of coffee with two, you know, two small teaspoons of sugar. If you kind of put those together, sometimes it actually can equal about a quarter cup of sugar. That's a really good point, Dr. Leslie. So I do break that down. That's a really good example. So I go, is it the old fashioned oatmeal? Because that compared to the instant oatmeals. It has much less sugar. Orange juice has a lot of sugar. People don't realize that. So that's a perfect example of making these little changes um, can really have a huge impact. I mean, you're probably cutting out, uh, I'd say, like 30 to 50 grams of sugar a day, which can definitely affect your, your weight loss. Absolutely. And it, and, it, and it adds up and people don't. And that's like you, like you were saying to your point again, people don't think of the, again, not thinking about what they're eating, not looking at the labels and just thinking, you know, and, and unfortunately, I think in this country, we have a tendency, uh, not we have a tendency, but we're marketed to think that, you know, these boxes, for example, of the the 
the oatmeal's heart healthy, right? A lot yeah. of these things are are mis uh, mislabeled, I think, because they're they're allowed to say that, but they really don't tell you how much sugar is in it. You know, yes, it might give you some oats and it's a little bit, maybe a small bit of fiber, but I mean, orange juice, eat the orange. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And it's about size too. So one si- one serving of cheese, and I love cheese. Is <laughs> I know you love cheese. One ounce, it's supposed to be the size of your thumb. I can never do that. So it's um, all about being mindful about the portion size and what's in it and making these small changes definitely do add up. Is there anything else, Dr. Wong, that you would like to kind of finish off with for today? Again, we're going to continue this the next time, but any other tidbits that you would want to give our listeners before we go? Um, I'd say, you know what, don't be so hard on yourself. I think um, the biggest thing is a lot of people have what we call black and white thinking. So they say, oh, you know, it's Wednesday, I screwed up today, you know, like I I had a bad meal, or I didn't, you know, do my exercise. And they think, well, you know, I'm just going to wait till next Monday. And I'm going to start all over. Like, why do we have to wait till Monday? You know, so you had a bad day. That's okay. You know, get back um, on track the next day. So, you know, getting back on track, holding yourself accountable, and I guess not making excuses. <laughs> which, which I, you know what, I, I'd love to say I don't, but even I do it sometimes. And, and I think we are all guilty of that once in a while. And so I, I love the tit, the um, the tidbits you have given us and giving us some of your expertise in this area. I hope that the listeners get a lot from it. I know I always do when we talk, so I appreciate you giving those um, that information. Mindfulness can be used in every aspect of your life, including your di- uh, your lifestyle and how you eat. And kind of talking again about what you were talking about, nothing is sustainable if you don't make it so. Right. So, you know, even in my office, when we have programs for we have a program for weight loss in our office. But one of the things I always tell my patients is I say, think of this as a therapy. This is not going to be your life. I don't want this to be your life, because in the end, we're going to teach you lifestyle tips like you've given your patients to help them be able to sustain and keep a healthy lifestyle, including healthy weight, healthy diet. And when I say diet, I mean healthy, what you're bringing into your body um, with exercise, et cetera. So thank you so much, Dr. Wong, for joining me today. I was thrilled to have you as always. And I'm excited because next time, so we're going to have a second part to this podcast. So today, episode 11 is really talking, we talked about the lifestyle, mindful eating, um, what you deal with with the office, in your office as to what you tell your patients and how you help your patients do things more naturally. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of what the current medications are that do help when patients are unable to do it on their own, as well as some things that and what you offer in your Medispa to your patients um, and to the community to help them as well. So thank you so much, Dr. Wong, for joining me today. Really happy to have you. Thank you so much, Dr. Leslie. And thank you, listeners, for joining in today. Greatly appreciate having you here. Join us next time as we talk more about weight and other things you can do to help in weight loss. Thanks again.